Hey dreamers, my guest today is making her dreams come true by not allowing cerebral palsy to stop her from achieving her goals. She she's a best-selling author uh, and she just is a really inspirational person. Dreamers, today I bring you Win Charles. Welcome to the show, Win. Thank you for having me on. And I was honored enough to have you on my podcast, which we'll get to in a minute. Yeah, yeah, it came out. Uh, well, at this point, it was a couple months ago, but it, but I was yes. it was an honor to be a guest. Yes, which we'll get to why I started that in a minute. Yes, we definitely will. Well, when why don't you get started now by giving some background about yourself? Sure, I wrote my first autobiography. At the age of 23, I comma win, I comma W-I-N, and yes, that is my legal name. That is how you spell it. And so I wrote that book as a form of grief therapy after having my life turned upside down, which I fully admit why in my autobiography, which I wrote at age 23. And then I continued on the writing journey, all based around cerebral palsy. But after my original autobiography came out, people were asking me, how do you do this? How do you do that? How do you write books? How do you run this amazing life slash company? all with a physical disability that means some palsy. And so I thought, okay, if I turn on this podcasting mic one more time and tell people that I have some palsy, people are going to turn me off. Well, fa- fast forward to August, fast back to August 2010, when my mother was dying in a hospital bed, she told me telepathically, yes, you can write the book. And yes, something would have to do with wisdom. Well, 60 years later, I didn't know what the heck wisdom was going to turn out to. It turned into a... Um, podcast with over 18,000 downloads, and I love doing it. You know, I love podcasting, and because it's such a powerful uh, medium, it's just your voice and their ears. And, and it, you know, it, it doesn't seem like a lot of things, but um, what I point out to like my students that I've taught um, podcasting and, and, you know, media and digital content creation to is you know it's like how you everybody raise their hands like all right how many people are have watched the youtube video and everybody raise their hands like okay now how many people have watched the youtube video where it's the only tab open in their browser and pretty much every hand goes down and it was like that's yeah. the difference between podcasting and what and having video video is powerful but it, it you know in many cases it's not the only thing open and pulling attention at the time I think I'm going to have to use that line, um, Joe, because people don't understand the power of podcasting. They don't understand that you can sell things on a podcast. 
you could, they understand the power of the deal for marketing, but they don't understand the power of podcasting for marketing as well. Yeah, yeah. They, you know, and sometimes it, it's tough for people to understand, I mean, if, especially if they have never even heard of the word podcast, you know, podcast before to have to understand that it's internet radio. You know, it's like Netflix, but for audio. Um, yes. For talk shows. So, it's yeah, it's definitely tough for people to to get out and comprehend, but more and more people are coming around. More and more people are understanding and hearing the word and taking it in. And um, I, yeah, I, I I I I love it. That's why I keep doing it. So I'm glad that you found uh found podcasting and have fallen in love with it. Uh, as much as your listeners seem to have fallen in love with it and continue to to listen and support you through that medium. Somehow I must be doing something right. And I acquired a co-host in June. He does a deeper dive than I do. And so if you hear a strong male voice on my podcast on the occasion, every single time we do a podcast, he tries to show up and do a deep dive with my interviewees. And so... We make a good combination. I, you know, it's it's great to have a great co-host. I've done shows with with a co-host before, and um, when you have that dynamic, it it really helps. Uh, you know, drive the creativity and the the imagination of the listener, um, and as well as questions too, because your your co-host might think of questions coming from a different background than you. Yes, exactly, exactly. So that's why I highly recommend. You guys get a co-host when, not necessarily when you're starting out, but it's hard to do a solo show, as Joe will tell you, and as I will tell you for many months, I was doing butterflies of wisdom all on my own, and I I got sick of t- sick and tired of it because I couldn't take a drink of water in the middle of it. <laughs> I couldn't have a coffee in a deck. I have now trained myself not to cough on the podcast. <laughs> no, I, I, I feel you on that. That's why I got a I, I bought a hardwired mute button so that I can mute my mic on, on demand without like clicking a key or anything like that. Um and, and because I have a baby, so and she's here, so it's important yes. to be able to turn off the mic in between talking. Um so how long have you been doing um, Butterflies of Wisdom? I have been doing Butterflies of Wisdom. Well, Butterflies of Wisdom started out as a YouTube show, and then I went to Blog Talk Radio. The reason why I did it on YouTube first was mainly for the SEO, and I got good SEO on that. And for those of you who don't know what I mean... I mean, Google got my YouTube show and practically pushed it to number one. But then I had a fan, and she knows this story, say to me, I want to listen to a show of Winds Women of Wisdom at the time, but I can't because I am multitasking on uh, airplane or multitasking every two seconds. And I can't download the audio from YouTube. So then I'm like, well, this has got to change. And so then I tried 
blog talk radio. Well, blog talk radio was a complete disaster. I would log in to that studio, and the day I couldn't get the guests in, I tried on um, blog talk radio and said, that's it. <laughs> that's it. I'm going over to iTunes come heck of high water, and then I stumbled across. I asked my fan base, I said, those of you who are into podcasting, what's the best um, podcasting host other than Blog Talk Radio? And four people told me Lipson, L-Y-B-S-Y-N. And for a while I was hesitant. Finally, I took the plunge. I paid the $30 a month. And do you know what? Lipson has never gone down on me. My conference call line has, but Lipson has never gone down on me. Lipson is the strongest podcast host I have ever seen. Yeah, I mean Lipson does a great job. I mean, they, you know, there's there's like only three or four that are really like the, you know the top of the, that are really focused on on uh, podcasting in general. And then the, to to my knowledge, is Blueberry, uh, Lipson, and uh, Spreaker. Oh, well, there's Podbean yes. as well too. Yes, there's there's Podbean as well. But what I would recommend to your listeners, to those who are just tuning into the Dreamers podcast and want to start a podcast i wouldn't recommend they go with a strong podcast host because most sites are going to kick you off if you upload too much audio to a site i would agree yeah unless you have a um sorry it's like i host mine from my own um my own website but um yeah, it, it depends on a how many downloads you're getting, and then b how much, um, you know how, how like it depends on who your host really is. It comes down to because like some hosts don't give unlimited data, or they say unlimited, but it doesn't really mean unlimited. Yeah. In fact, I yeah. I just had a conversation um while we're on the topic, I just had a conversation with uh my host stream host, and they said they told me that uh I'm doing about eleven and a half gigabytes a day in traffic between my podcast and my, and my website, which I, I was oh, blown away. Yelza. by. Yelza. <laughs> and they don't, Jeez. I know I don't pay anything extra for that. I mean, I think, um, maybe my site might run a little bit slower than it probably should, but, yeah. um, for the most part, it, it, it doesn't crash or, or like time out or anything. So for now I'm, I'm still comfortable with, we're rolling You're still that way. You're still comfortable with it. Most, um, most podcasters host on Lipson or Blueberry. Lipson and Blueberry are one of the top ones out there, the top two actually out there. But you can host on your own website. Just as I said, they might get a little bit sketchy just because you're hosting a heck of a lot of audio files on um your own website and most websites don't have the capability capabilities to support that yeah no i mean, I mean like bluehost doesn't even let you upload mp3 files yeah they, they just don't so. let you do it so um now when 
what were some of the first steps that you took once you decided you were going to tr- make that transition to doing podcasting from YouTube? I, well, first of all, I, looking back on it now, I should have told my fans when you, um, when you make a big difference and have a fan following like I did from my book, um, I should have told my fans this is what's going on and that's why I was so transparent on Long Talk Radio. I said look, this is what's going on. You guys now want this podcast. You now built up a following. I was getting over a thousand downloads on Long Talk Radio of Winds Women of Wisdom at the time. And so the archives are still around you guys. Um, even though it's now transferred over to butterflies of wisdom. But I wish I was more transparent with my fans when the original change happened so that my fans would still have followed me wherever, wherever I went. Um, what sparked the, the name change? The name, well... Wind's Women of Wisdom was um, primarily for women at the time, and then men started listening to it, and men kind of said, I want to be interviewed, because men on the occasion have solo entrepreneurships, and that's why I started this, and then it turned into disabilities aspects, or podcasting aspects or education aspects, or fashion aspects, or assistive technology and assistive technology. So that's what sparked the name change big time, because I started out as Wind's Women of Wisdom on Lipson, but, and that is still my show URL, but men got involved so I kind of had to change it to something a little bit more neutral because when I was sending out, may I interview these request forms, people were saying, I am not a woman. Do you sh- are you sure you want to interview me? Are you sure I am a credible story? And sometimes on the occasion, I will get, I don't have a credible story. And of course, I'm like, of course you do. We can pull in credible stories out of anyone. I just interviewed a woman this morning, um, and I know when you guys listen to the recording of this one, I know when it comes out on Tuesday, this episode will be already out on my feed, Butterflies of Wisdom. But I just interviewed a woman this morning who is... um, running the New York City Marathon in order in honor of her uncle who had a liver transplant and she's running with a team called the Chris Krug Foundation and Chris Krug is actually a friend of mine. He's actually a US Olympic medalist. He won a medal eighteen months after surviving a liver transplant. Wow. 
18, 18 months. I mean, that's yeah. Seems eighteen uh, months. Wow, and and not just to do something like oh, I ran a marathon shortly after, but to uh, be like, hey, I I just like got a medal. That's, yeah, that's incredible. And then he started a foundation based upon organ awareness. So I interviewed a woman this morning who's back east, and she's about to hit the pavement and run the New York City Marathon. I think there's a team of ten going out there. He's going out there as well, and they're going to run and raise awareness on organ awareness. Oh, wow. Oh, that's awesome. Um, so how did your family take and, and friends take this idea that you wanted to take your message to YouTube and eventually to podcasting? Uh, well, they, um, they were a little bit shocked when I first presented them with, I want to write uh, autobiography at age 23. I did it in front of 11 people and I put it on a vision of born, which I go into more details in this book. And they all looked at me like I was crazy. And this was three months after my mom died. So they thought, oh boy, wind's going to Greece, wind's going, wind's losing the mind. And I gave myself a year. When that year was up, I actually had the unedited manuscript, I went back to those 11 people. We were doing a leadership workshop, not necessarily on how to deal with your disability, but how to live your dreams, i.e. the dream of podcast. And they said to me, well, what was your big goal? And I told them my big goal at the uh, at the um, at at the original meeting was to write a book. Well, in a year and a half, I did that um, book. Wow, no, that, that's awesome! I, you know, I, I, it's a shame that people thought that it was uh, just a way for you to grieve because that, that clearly that's not the case. Yeah, clearly that's not that's not the case. Um, so w- what's been the biggest roadblock for you on this journey? The biggest roadblock for me on this journey is, I guess, breaking the stigma of cerebral palsy. And because when I say I have cerebral palsy, People look at me like I'm nuts. I'm actually the first woman in the country to be walking in um, bionic legs, in bionic robotic legs using an exoskeleton. All the rest of the clinical trials for this system with cerebral palsy failed. So no one except for the paralyzed community is using this technology wow okay so um so i yeah i didn't realize that you 
Wait, wait, so wait, you're being, you're being serious, right? I am being serious. Okay. I am a bionic woman. Well, no, because it sounded like you were being sarcastic. That's why I was no, like... I am being serious. Okay. I am a bionic woman twice a week. It's all flashed all over my Facebook. It's um, mentioned several times on the podcast. I actually had the director of the program on my podcast... Amanda Box till she was paralyzed in '92 um, with a skiing accident out here in Aspen, Colorado. She founded a program that I'm still involved with, then moved on to crowdfund uh, exoskeleton for herself, and then um, moved on to. F- fund a non-profit based on an exoskeleton. She is the first woman in the world to have her own exoskeleton. Wow. Wow. I mean, that's, I mean, that, well, I mean, that's like life changing. I would imagine. Yes. It is. When, what was your childhood dream when you were growing up? My um my childhood dream was um either to be surprisingly a ballerina, backup plan with teacher, and then backup plan from that was singer, which involved the mic because I had the gift of gab. I would explain sample palsy and young ages. By the time I was six, I do something was wrong with me. I was raised as a bold-bodied woman. I was lucky enough to go to a um, private school in Aspen, Colorado. And so all my friends didn't, weren't exposed to disabilities because there were no childhood books about disabilities. Now there's a couple of them, but they're few and far between. So I was a teacher slash a podcaster from a very young age. I was sharing my story from a very young age. At what point in your life did the did the cerebral palsy start to take its, its toll? Uh, well, it... It doesn't take its toll. It th- See, that's one of the stigmas that you just asked me. It is not like MS. It doesn't take its toll. I have no lesions on the brain. The only um, thing it's taking its toll right now is my bad back. But it doesn't get worse. If you control cerebral palsy, it... Um, it can't get worse. It's a child's diagnosis. You get it from lack of oxygen at birth, either from a stroke or either from a traumatic birth. Or I have a friend that choked on a piece of popcorn at age two and aspirated on a piece of popcorn, and we believe he has acquired cerebral palsy. Oh wow. Okay. So I yeah, I mean I mean clearly my knowledge of it is not as 
uh vast as i as i thought it was um yeah okay well all right so uh but um has it, it outside of your back though has it gotten uh progressively worse because you you said that you you were fine growing up i was walking independently um i no i had cerebral palsy i have had cerebral palsy since 87 since um two days after i was born i got diagnosed with cerebral palsy so cerebral palsy hasn't gone away necessarily cerebral palsy can't go can't go away and so i have been able to manage it all my life i just acquired a walker 10 years ago and that's why i'm using this bionic technology to get myself off the walker and onto a pair of farm crutches by the time i turn 30 which will be on june 22nd oh wow okay well i mean that's that's awesome and that's and it seems like that's an achievable goal for you at this point yeah awesome yeah that's a achievable goal um for me at this point and then we'll see what we'll see what happens and then i'm also going back to school to get my ba in writing my master's in journalism and then um i'll end up potentially with a doctor in, in special education because what i'm realizing is that kids and adults are getting diagnosed later and later and people keep teasing me. They keep saying to me, don't leave us in special ed fighting for ourselves because we can't explain to the teacher one more time that Susan Q needs uh, augmentative devices, assistive devices to help walk and talk because the teachers don't have the training that they need in special ed. So that would be my other recommendation if those of you who are going into education, I think you should get the training in special ed even if you don't use it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they I mean they to some degree they definitely should, especially um I like my wife uh is a preschool teacher, so she uh, she gets the kids before, in many cases, they've been diagnosed uh, yeah. with any disability. So, and, and the process is is very long and drawn out. Like she'll have those kids, um, you know, before like they're still like even through like majority of the year before anybody is ready to even yes. like admit that like okay, there's a yes. there's a problem that needs to be yeah. resolved. Yeah, and I I teach. Um preschool on the side of my podcasting i haven't necessarily given up teaching yet but in the next three years i'm walking away from education and transferring my degree to podcasting slash journalism because i can't um handle the politics i can handle the kids but i can't handle the politics and i uh agree with you that the preschool teachers don't know how to diagnose because we can't say anything yeah i mean i know i know uh my wife has 
uh, encourage like lots of the shoot, you know, she'll be like, yeah, it, yeah. like there's early signs, but you know, it, yeah. again, that's in like September, October and it, it won't be until like almost June till they finally uh, start to really exactly. address the issue. Exactly. And admit that their child is a problem. Jeez. <laughs> it's t- well, Hey, as a parent, I mean, I, I you know, I could see where it'd be tough to want to admit that yes. there's a problem. It's it's yes. not something that anybody yeah. wants to hear that like No. We need to we need to do something special to make sure that your kid has a, a fighting chance to learn and to to you know thrive in a classroom. It's not easy to hear. Like I I mean as a parent I I wouldn't want to hear it, but at the same time like it's it's something that needs to be you can't ignore it. It's not going to go away. In in many cases it won't it's not just going to go away. Yeah. Um. So. So, is there any last thoughts you'd like to share before we share how people can connect with you? Well, my last thought, my last thought, is do not, do not give up on your dreams. If you um plan to give up on your dreams, do not give up. After number one podcast, go to number 10 and then you can give up. And then I, um, I have a quote for you guys. And this is out of my BFF friend's book. If you can dream it, you can live it. And that is quoted by Danielle Coulter. And if you go to Amazon, you can find her book. Also on Amazon. If Dan can sled, you can do it too. And she is the first adaptive snowboarder in the world. I am the second adaptive snowboarder in the world. I do snowboarding instead of skiing. Oh, wow. Uh, you know, yes. um, that's, I mean, well, I mean, it's a good thing you live in Aspen then. Or is it Aspen? <laughs> yes. Yeah, Aspen. It is. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Well, when uh please share how people can connect with you so that we can, you know, they can go and check you out online and follow along. Well, of course, people can connect with me via butterflies of wisdom in iTunes or people could connect with me via Facebook that is W Charles C H A R L E S 1195 that is my personal profile and I hate to admit I have reached my friend limit but my page is on there under author Win K Charles C H A R L E S and you can just click on my personal profile, click on my page, follow along there. Um the podcast goes to my personal page my business page everything else you can also connect with me on twitter win kelly k-e-l-o-i charles c-h-a-r-l-e-s all one word and then the at sign awesome i will definitely have all that in the show notes at superjoepardo.com so that everybody can go and check it out and connect with you and follow along and um, yeah, so you know, I know that um, you know you reached your your friend limit on Facebook, but you can still follow you on Facebook. Yes, uh, which I, yes. I I've the had follow to, button. I've had to the do fo- that. So <laughs> the follow button. 
is on is definitely on and it's easy if you guys go like the page and I typically do a Facebook live daily practically and so people have a real connection with me through the podcast through Facebook through Twitter and yes I do respond to all my emails and I believe my website you have and I can give people my email address too if they just need to talk. Yes. Yeah, definitely. And I, I would recommend reaching out to her and go check out the episode uh, of Butterflies of Wisdom that I was on. <laughs> yes. Yes, I knew you were going to say that. Yes, because I um, we talked about why you started this podcast. And yeah, that's a very fascinating story and so I'm happy that you invited me on and I'm happy that we were able to connect again and make this work yeah yeah and I would love to have you on again at some point in the future you know uh maybe in like a year or so and we'll catch up and see how you've been doing and see how the podcast is rolling and see what uh new things you have dreamt up since then yeah exactly exactly Awesome. Thank you so much, Wynn. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Dreamers Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Dreamers Podcast. Join us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Dreamers Podcast. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on the Dreamers Podcast, please send an email to j at jpar.co. This podcast is copyright 2014 by jpar.co.